dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source. Week one of finals footy done and dusted. One of the best weekends on record of finals footy with the four games that were super, super close, Source. Hey, Pez, not only were they close, high intensity, great crowds, footy's back. You know, it's been two years since Melbourne's been able to enjoy uh, f- f- finals footy in uh, the home of football at the MCG. And they were absolutely treated over the weekend. 90,000 saw Geelong uh, get a one-point win. You know, you had uh, Melbourne and... Um, uh, Swans Swans Jeez, you can't uh, even remember I can't even think this I was so excited from it uh, They had them battle it out In front of 60,000 It was an amazing spectacle To be back in Melbourne And then our interstate sides Pez uh, Absolutely fantastic effort From Brisbane And Fremantle uh, You know one of the best victories Over the weekend They come from behind 40 points down To knock out the dogs Beautiful uh, And then the Swans And last week The fans and yourself You remember me saying About finals betting And how I love to Follow the underdogs Not in terms of betting But just in terms of I want uh, not the underdogs, sorry, the interstate teams to win. Yep. And Brisbane beat Richmond by two points. Loving Sydney it. took out Melbourne and Fremantle took out the Dogs. It, it couldn't have worked out any better. And Collingwood, the other Melbourne team that, that lost to my other hated team in Geelong, but my, <laughs> my lesser of the two hates. Yeah, you hate Collingwood more, so I appreciate the uh, support there, Pez. But but what a weekend, Fez. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a footy podcast if we don't go through each game. There's only four games to go through. So what we'll do is we'll head through the games, talk about the wins, you know, what teams did right, the, the talking points. Uh, we'll talk about our bet slips and our reviews from last week and going forward our bets and a uh, little bit into the future, Pez, and see how we're tracking there. But started things off, Pez, Thursday night footy. You love it. You know, it started off with an absolute cracker. And, and this this had been predicted to be one of the one of the better games of the weekend you know we're sort of a, a, a toss of the coin uh, between uh, Brisbane and Richmond and what an absolute treat we were we were uh, left with Pez. Uh, 100% and uh, just the, the time as well uh, because of the time difference 7.20 oh great time for footy perfect finishes early enough you can go to bed um, I'm I, about I j- just finished the Palmer as the first bounce came up had ordered the bowl of chips for the second quarter with a couple of beers it was perfect You're ready ready to go but this game was uh uh, unpredictable because I, I predicted it to be uh, lower scoring than it was. The 210 points that were scored in the end, it seemed to be goal for goal. And I was thinking, uh, come on, coaches, now you when are you going to you know put up the defenders or make you make your zone a bit tighter? Go to man, do something to stop the flow of of goals. Damien Hardwick hates getting goals scored against him. Uh, Chris Fagan, you know, he just wanted to go head to head. Bang! I'm not going to do anything different. We're going to go. Uh, tong for tong in the middle, get get it forward and try and kick a bigger score than you, and uh, it ended up working for them in the last couple of minutes with a lot of controversy. Oh, absolutely, absolutely controversially did uh, did come over this game, Pez. And you know there was a big talking point early, but for how good a game of football was, that overshadowed it definitely, Pez. And I think that if the game was a, a bit of a poorer game and the rest of the finals were a little bit iffy, we would have been talking more about the the arc blunder. But we're an absolute right, Pez. A, a shootout. Cameron had three. Danaher had three. Hipweb had three. Lynch had three. Slash. Maybe four. Rewald had three. Bolton had two. It was just score for score. And, you know, the best offense, Pez, is, uh, sorry, the best defense is a, is a great offense. And it was an absolute shootout, goal for goal, and an unlucky uh, defensive blunder at the end that uh, cost Richmond a chance to, to continue the dynasty. Yeah, that's uh, it's unforgivable, the defensive blunder you you speak about. And not just that situation source, but any situation. You've always got to have what the commentators love to 
call as the the goalkeeper, someone that's on the line because you see goals bounce through all the time where there's no one on the line or no one's touching it, and they just didn't have the the body on Joe Danaher to stop him uh, toe poking that ball. Uh, across the line, they had three or four defenders around him. They, they had four. They had four bodies on each other. Pairs. They spoiled each other. You That's can't unacceptable. You, you can't let that go through. So um, even though you've got the blunder of the arc, and you may agree or disagree with what was what happened down the other end, uh, they shouldn't have lost the game anyway because uh, you can't let that happen. Yeah, so you speak of the the arc blunder, Pez. You know the old uh, arc or fark, uh, because it was uh, a bit of a bit of a massive blunder. Um, well, I'll get your opinion on it, Pez. He, he's in about thirty five out, really really tight angle. He kicks it, kicks it above the post, and, and from the original original angle that the arc is, it looks inconclusive. Uh, um, you know, so that we're a little bit sure. We're like, okay, well, there's not enough to overturn it. The goal umpire had called the goal, but no overturned. I think from my angle, um, you know, from my what I thought, uh, my my <laughs> at the pub looking at the. Yeah, about ten, about, about you know, five or six beers deep, pairs, and it definitely looked like it went over the top. And if that pole had continued up in the air, I think it probably would have hit it, uh, but not not enough to overturn it. I don't think. Well, this is this is where the issue lies. It's the letter of the law and the rule is it's the umpire's call unless there is definitive evidence yeah, against the umpire's decision. Now, the angles that we saw, which is the three angles, and the fourth one that they like to show you now is the little heartbeat with the. Uh, what is it? The snicker. The snicker or whatever. Oh, the snicker. Whatever it is. And uh, it was over the post, so there was going to be no snicker there. But the, the three angles that we saw, like, you you definitively can't, uh, can't overturn say. it. You can't. You, no can't, you can't do it. But common sense probably prevailed where they went, look at Lynch's reaction, because the, the players kick. Tells you a lot, well, they even though it's not in the rules. They said that they said that they said that that was used. They said that later on that it, his reaction was used to help determine. Whether they make it, it up on the spot here. That's kid, you're kidding, are you? They make it up on the spot. Tell if, you what, if you're a Richmond fan, you're, you're fuming over that. Oh, absolutely fuming with that. You know, that's not a not a metric of uh, science to determine whether it's a goal or not. Tom Papley kicks a point and he celebrates for miles. <laughs> He'll be kicking goals all the time. Like it's if, horrible because that said. If a player goes to kick a goal and it's really close this week, oh, you're celebrating. They have to celebrate as hard as they can because if it is going to be reviewed and the arc look at that, that that's what you have to do. The that, coaches have to say that this week to their forwards. It can't if you be a kick metric. a goal and it's going to be close, celebrate like you've just kicked the winning goal in a grand final. Oh my god, that's so what I would Tom be saying. Tom Papley style. I can't wait to see it this weekend with him having the week off. Pairs, there'll be a few Tom Papleys there if uh, Pairs is coaching. Look, but e- even though that happened, I feel that ju- that justice happened. He. He stuffed up the kick. Did you see him go back? Yeah. He was so unsure. He didn't know. The commentators weren't sure. He didn't know whether he was going to kick a, a drop punt or he was going to, you know, put the left snap over the shoulder. He ended up going with a right foot banana, but he didn't run out far enough. It was – his run up – It's a good, ready it's for a good it. problem to have though, Pez, isn't it? An elite, elite full forward uh, having a, an option of in a tight angle, four he, different kicks there. He shouldn't have that option. He should know this far out, this angle – this is the kick I'm pressure, going with, and be confident. Pressure, with pressure, pressure, and then that's why you know Brisbane prevailed in the MPs. Pressure was it Richmond's home game? Did you see the crowd? Yeah, well, I mean, how many Richmond supporters are there in Brisbane? Only fifty-seven thousand there, Pez, as it was. So, uh, you know, I mean, the yellow and the red it sort of it combines a little everywhere, bit. Everywhere, wasn't it? It was, it was. Uh, but Pez, you know, we we've talked about the controversy. We talked about the heroics late, but we haven't talked about the in-game heroics. Lockie Neal. After a really, really disappointing, if you talked about, you know, we talked about Brisbane in the lead up to this and their big question marks over Brisbane. Lockie Neal 
put his team on his back. Um, and, you know, they, they went had an injury early with um, the their big O having a, a broken nose early, uh, looking a bit down and out, and he put his team on his back. 39 possessions, Pez, uh, 15 clearances. He had four or five goal involvements, uh, score involvement, sorry, an absolute superstar. And it's really good because there's been a lot of questions about Brisbane in finals, and someone had to step up, and Lockie Neal's a man. 15 clearances, seven centre bounce clearances, and he had an opportunity at the centre bounces because there were so many goals scored, but eight stoppage clearances. Uh, that's, without, se- that's without your Ruckman in there, Piers. 39 disposals, 21 contested, 72% disposal efficiency. Like He didn't go off source in the second half. He didn't spend any time on the bench. No. Like As a midfielder no. these days, that is unheard of. Played 95% of the game. 95% of the game. And, you know, thinking how, like, metres gained was 455 metres. How big was he in that last quarter? Oh, he was if he huge. wasn't there, they, they obviously don't but win. But how, how big is his fitness level, Pez? For 95% of the game he's played in the last quarter, he looked, he looked fresh as a daisy. He, he looked incredible and was, you know, crucial in them winning it. Some really important clearances, as you spoke about, Pez. But more importantly, he popped up at the right time, applied a couple of pressure, you know, pressure tackles or, you know, you know perceived pressure, as they call it. Forced turnovers, he, he looked magnificent. And if he plays that final football pairs they're going to be hard to beat next week if, if he can put a team on the back like that oh i hope so because they Hopefully are going there are other people step up but they are going down to the mcg oh, and there are a few changes being made as well which been. we'll speak about later but uh chris fagan coaching from the the sideline he, he you know he always rides it with his players he, he was elated after the game for them to have the win and the pressure was on because everyone was talking about brisbane's finals record over the last four seasons and it hasn't been too crash hot going out in straight sets finishing top four things like that and it looked like at one stage third quarter saw 16 points down and I, I even said i was like even though it's been goal for goal it's high scoring you can't really come back from here they kicked the next goal and it was like oh well, well maybe they can and it just Kept going, seesawing back and forth. Jack Rewatt was kicking uh, amazingly from the boundary line, 50 metre out goals. Joe Danaher kicked one from 55. He kicked that toe poke in the goal square. It was just, it was manic. I couldn't imagine being there. That, that last two minutes, Pez, it was great football. So there was so much pressure, high stakes, and as you said, so pay, many mistakes. Yeah, but in it, the last two that's minutes, what happens. That's what happens. You look at the, you know, the start of the the Collingwood Geelong game. The t- you know two of the top four teams in there. It was so so much pressure around football. The, the football, sorry. Wait your turn. But, 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 but this was what happened in the Brisbane game, Piers. It was so much riding on every kick and every tackle and every contest, and it was fantastic. And it's it's disappointing that the AFL season is such a, a giant step away from what finals football was this weekend. Oh, you you watched a, a huge step up. And coming from me, St Kilda supporter, you watched those finals as a supporter that's outside the top eight. Those those teams outside the eight, every single one of them, all 10 teams, wouldn't have been able to compete this weekend because of that pressure and the intensity that those clubs hadn't experienced and hadn't shown this week, there's a lot of uh, grow, growth and development to do in those bottom rung teams to uh, compete with that. Yeah, really big win, Pez, for, for the Lions there. And you are right. I think Carlton, if they had made it, Pez, uh, would not have put up as uh, a good a fight in finals against uh, their opposition. But let's get on to the second game, Pez, the uh, Friday night clash, Pez. Uh, this was an absolute classic as well, Pez. Um, you know, it started off a game of runs, Pez. Sydney sort of got off to, a, you know, that sort of up and down start in that first quarter. Melbourne got ahead and then... Uh, 
Sydney just worked them out. And what they did, Pez, is what, um, you know, is the key to beating Melbourne. And we've spoken about this a lot, Pez. If you want to beat Melbourne, there's two things you do. You stop them from scoring. So you force them to do that long bomb kick in there that they continually do. And the second thing you do is stop the ball from kicking. So stop kicking the ball into May territory. That's, and they that's di- the thing. That's the key. They did that. You know, he held Buddy uh, goalless pairs, but that was irrelevant because what they did is they they worked around. They had long shots out from goal. They worked to the wings, and they were able to, to you know to to slay the the giants, the the premiership contender pairs, the the reigning premiers, Melbourne. Yeah, and if the blueprint hadn't been shown from Melbourne giving up five goal leads earlier in the year, the blueprint was definitely on uh, show for everyone to see here with how to beat these demons. And Stephen May, he. He was nearly uh, three votes in the in the game if there was a Brownlow medal involved. Yeah, he was taking all these intercept marks. He was kicking efficiently out of that defensive defensive line, but it just kept happening where Sydney would would get the ball. They'd kick it away when they kicked it away from May, and they actually got the ball to ground inside that forward fifty. Melbourne were under so much pressure. They were fumbly. They they couldn't get those little handballs out, and when they didn't, Sydney pounced. They got the snaps. They got the goals. Uh, you you look at the Sydney lineup. Their their best players didn't really perform. You got Buddy Franklin held goalless, as you said. Papley, you know, he he put the pressure on, yeah. But the the statistics aren't there. Isaac Heaney had a bit of a shocker, if you ask me. Like nowhere to be seen. But they were in spots, and as a team, John Longmire coached them perfectly on the weekend. I know Melbourne got the jump, but they seem to get the jump every single time they lose Melbourne. And Sydney are just able to crawl back without any superstars dominating uh, possession or anything like that and were able to work it out and get that ball to goal and win by 22 points in the end really comfortably. Yeah, really, really blew it out in that last quarter, Pez. But it's exactly what you said. It was, it was the blueprint to win after that first quarter. You know, they, they got on the the screens around the the um the, the huddle, and you could see Horse in there talking about it. And they adjusted their game plan, Pez. And they're like, right, we're 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 just bombing it in. We're so buddy centric that we're just bombing it in, and we're kicking it straight to May. Let's go around the sort of the wings. Let's you know take that extra kick and get that forty five meter um you know long shot at goal, or let's get a forward entry there. And as you said, bring it to the ground and get a couple around the back. Use the wings and. It is scary for Melbourne because it, it is a very clear blueprint how to beat them. And with their their um, troubles in front of goal, like, again, Melbourne struggle to kick goals. And it's not because they haven't got the forwards pairs. Like, Fritch kicked two. Uh, sorry, Fritch kicked three. Oliver kicked two. But the problem is because all they do is just bomb it in. They bomb it in long. And, even, you know, Sydney's not a great defensive team. And they were able to just get a fist to it and put it to the floor. And once the ball's on the floor, Sydney get up and running and, well, and they've got that counterattack. You say that the McCartan brothers, yeah, the centre half back and full back, they only had twenty two disposals between them for the amount Melbourne went inside. Uh, so they were nowhere to be seen either, and it was just able to double team Ben Brown, who was a target a lot inside forward fifty. He wasn't able to take the contested marks, and then Melbourne weren't able to take advantage when the balls on the ground, and Sydney were able to run it out uh, through the likes of Lloyd and, and Co. And it was just uh, it, w- it was good to see them uh, struggle. Uh, Melbourne fans would have been. Uh, excited to be back at the MCG and just they haven't seen them play a final MCG. There hasn't been a final MCG before that game for First a couple one in two of years. years. Yeah. So 
Uh, I mean, it's, the, dis- it's disappointing for Melbourne. It's really disappointing for Melbourne that they, you know, if they finish second. They have a home final, they have a home qualifying final in front of their home fans. They lose to, lose to Sydney, who hadn't played in a prelim final pairs since 1996, like a home prelim final. Sorry, a home prelim for 1996. So they're not playing a, a terrible opposition, but this is set up for Melbourne. This is set up for them. Well, when the, Sydney lost that, won the last game of the year, but didn't get enough percentage to get a home final. I said, yeah, well, they've cost themselves they've cost there, themselves. but they've actually won themselves into a home prelim final, which is absolutely amazing from where they've come from last season and where everyone rated them at the start of the year. Yeah, I don't want to harp on it though, Pez, but like Melbourne Melbourne won the inside 50s by seven and lost by 22 points. And again, they, they need to get away from that bombing it in. And we haven't even talked about their concerns for this week. They've got a couple of injury concerns, Pez. The Petrarca went down early with a... Um, I mean, he didn't go down, Pez. Uh, he went down like a, a sack of shit for the first time. But it was he a stayed cor- on the ground. But it was a corky, right? So that was why he was walking around a little gingerly. Turns out he has a, a, a broken leg, as the as the Herald Sun puts it out there. Broken leg, oh, you know, yeah. star. Click it's, it, it's a hair, hairline fracture in his leg. Melbourne says that he's 100% ready to go. We saw what happened on the Friday night that we didn't even talk about with Dusty Martin playing a player who's injured. He wasn't 100%. He goes in there. Melbourne moving forward. It's a hairline fracture, pairs. They say he's 100%. He'll get the jab. He'll be ready to go. Is it the wise move to send him in with a broken leg and a hairline fracture? <laughs> I'm no doctor, but if I've got a crack in my well, jump on, bone... Jump online. There's a lot of doctors out there, Pez. I've got, I've got a crack in my bone. I've, I've got no idea. So if he's, if he's fine to play, they'll play him. And if he's 70%, I reckon they'll play him and they'll play him forward. Uh, but I'm, I'm worried about him flying for marks, especially if he does play forward. And you know, and that the landing, because the landing, if you've got a crack in your leg, can you can you worsen it? Can you do something? I know you can take painkillers, but you don't want to do anything for the future either. You don't want to damage anything further. So uh, I don't know. The doctors will probably make the best call for the player, I hope, and and not just for the team and and to have him there. But Melbourne's big problem, and it's starting to show is their forward line and they don't have that big key forward that can, you know, take a contested mark and go back and kick a big goal in a final and, and really take it by the scruff of the neck. Do, uh, I mean, if they go in, they go in their injured pairs, do we see uh, Brisbane of old? Oh, Mel Michael uh, maybe uh, giving him an old raz up? Yeah, give him a little bit of a... You can't do that. Stephen Baker did, uh, you know, Stevie, Stevie J. J. Yeah, Stevie J. That was in a final, wasn't it? What did it? he get? He got eight weeks or I mean, something? I mean... Stevie Stevie Bakey took it took it a little far, just punching his just hand, punch in his like hand. Make, 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 make it a little bit more discreet. But you know, I, I was talking about uh, Brisbane when they did it to, to Nick Rewalt, and he, he had his shoulder, and they're bumping him on the way out. Oh, the Scott brothers, Scott brothers, yeah, yep. Mel Michael and Chris Scott. So um, it'd be interesting to see if um, he is targeted. It'd be interesting to see the relationship that uh, Zorko cops on uh, Friday night as well, Pez. I, I can't wait to really discuss that game, but we, we haven't finished discussing the other final oh. games. Let's get on to the next one, Pez. Um, it's funny, I feel like we say this every second or third week this season, and after the Friday night going game, I'm like, wow, that was the best game of the season. <laughs> and then we get the Sydney game, and you're like, whoa, that was really good. This is going to be a cracking final series. Pez, this this was easily the best game of the, the weekend. This was an absolute cracker. Um, I was at the game, Pez. It was an electric feeling. 96,000 people at the ground, Pez. MCG, home of football. The Collingwood faithful were out and about. And they got off to a flyer, Pez. And uh, as a Geelong supporter and as, a, as you know, a nervous Ooh. Geelong fan, Pez, after a buy, I was sitting there <laughs> shooting myself, Pez. I was very, couple very A couple of messages worried. to you throughout the game and I was like, don't do this to the rest of Australia. Oh, what Pez, are you, it was horrible. But, what are they uh, doing? Collingwood got off to a, a great start. And, uh, you know, what they continued to do uh, um, throughout the year, that quick pressure, that quick turning, turnover, getting the ball you out of the back. I hadn't seen it before. Great. 
It was I, wow. I hadn't seen Collingwood do that, and Craig McRae, credit to him, has coached them very well. And you know, this is the way we beat Geelong. We have to go. We get the ball. We turn. We go. They were going so quick that Geelong didn't have uh, any any presence in mind to be able to stop anything. And Collingwood just kept entering fifty, kept entering fifty. They actually cost themselves in that first and second quarter. Source oh, inefficiency in front of goal. Collingwood could have won the game in that first half. They 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 missed a couple of crucial crucial shots at goal, and Geelong were at all sorts. Geelong were okay getting the ball to halfway. But then after that, Collingwood would just take it. They would rebound it back and they would go. Geelong struggled to score for the first what, 15 minutes of the game. They couldn't even get the ball down there. Yeah, well, Gary Rowan had a, the first shot on goal pairs, uh, you know, about 45 out uh, and missed. I think he hit the post. Um, so hit the first, hit the post for the for the first uh, one. Good, good learning curve for later in the game. It maybe. was later in the game, Pez. And uh, after that, and everyone sitting there and Geelong faithful after his last couple of performances, last final that he played, Pez had four touches in, the, in that grand final. And uh, there's big talks going big into talks the week about, about it. Had not play Gary. Rowan. They yep. put him there, and he misses that, and you think, "Oh shit, we are we are in for a you know an absolute flogging here." And uh, and we're lucky that the Geelong defence actually stood up and forced a couple of errors. Pairs the 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 pressure, you know, it probably didn't translate on, on the TV. Pairs the pressure was elite. There were so many players, elite players, looking fumbly, and I'm talking Pendlebury and Selwood, and you know there were you know elite movers of the football just looked like they they didn't have any time. The pressure was immense. The amount of Kicks for a, a team one verse four that went out on the full or went you know missed the target not because of inefficient kicking the pressure was on was elite pairs and Geelong were really lucky to stay even relevant in going into that um into that first quarter yeah it was it was silly but uh, I've got a question for you about your coach because he's done better in the last year or so uh, he he changes the game plan he probably took too long to to change the game plan here but. You know he started Dangerfield and Selwood on the bench? Three quarters. Three quarters he did that. First quarter, second quarter, and third quarter. What, what is he doing? You, is there something wrong with you? What, what, what are you doing? Well, And the commentators were talking on TV. You weren't, you weren't watching it on TV, obviously. Oh, it's to, to protect them from the big game. Who else do you want in the middle of the ground I'm in sorry. a big game? I'm sorry, Piers. Sorry. Protect us from the big game. We had a week off the week before. The last month, I think they've played three games. We win that. We have another week off. They've only got two more games of football left. We don't need to protect them. Joel, Joel Selwood wins this premiership. He retires. He's got two games of football left in his career. Patrick Dangerfield, he's looking for a premiership. Why, why are we protecting them? You need to have your best cattle out on the field at all times. We saw that on the, the, the Thursday night with, with Lockie Neal. Right? Yeah. Superhero stuff. What's he, what's he trying to do? Like Tom Atkins is starting in the centre bounce, and I know Tom Atkins has been a, a show favourite. Well, I know he last, has. Last quarter pairs. But... What do you want, Tom Atkins in the middle of the ground or Joel no. Selwood to start no. in in front of 91,000 people? I want my captain in there, a, a proven leader, someone who has played, what, 17 final series in the midfield, starting off, leading from the front. Not, 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 not from the bench. I don't want him on the bench coming on. I want him in the action and straight they, away they to make a case. They could get him on for the first eight, nine minutes. Yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous, Pez. But you know, we're taking away from you know some of the the superstars that are in this Geelong comeback oh, because it has because, to be because, mentioned because oh. it was a huge comeback. Uh, I thought Collingwood's their forward line was really really great. Um, Johnson, geez, he's he's a great kick for for, for such a, a young bloke, Pez. Uh, yeah, he got a couple of 
He's, he's a good kick. Oh, he, he, looked, he looked good, Pez. He looked really couple good. A couple of wobbly misses at Collie Wobbles. The, the fourth quarter when the pressure was on and Geelong were coming, you know, he looked a little bit shaky there, Pez. All right, we get on to the, the second half. There are a couple of real big heroes, this one, Pez. The you know, superstar performance from, um, you know, if you said the, before the final series, Pez, in Geelong need to, if Geelong are going to win this game, we're going to be talking about Gary Rowan. You wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have read about it, Pez, but he had an absolute elite performance he was after that first miss Pez um, he, he went back and gathered his nerves had a, he, he had a rundown tackle in the had a run, yep he had a rundown tackle Pez he had a, three or four huge marks and I'm talking pack marks where he stood up went back didn't even look Pez no nerves for him backed himself went and kicked some really crucial goals and then obviously you know sealed it with the, the handball to, to Holmes after almost necking himself uh, getting out of the back and uh, dropping that mark Pez because if he, he drops that mark and it rattles away we're having a very different conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and Gary Rowan, the definition of an X-Factor type player. He, he can win games off his own boot and he can go missing uh, and be like that. You, sp- you spoke about Max Holmes. Max Holmes, <laughs> no one knows who he is. He came of age in that fourth quarter with eight, eight or nine disposals and he, he kicked that goal in the goal square, a little gimme over the top. But his running power, he, w- he seemed to be everywhere. He was in defence. He ran forward and he, he just outrun Collingwood. Like, Dugowie was doing everything he could the other way. And Dugowie, you know, put his hand up for a, a massive contract next year, whichever club he's uh, had some big he finals campaigns, Dugowie. Like, he's just got to sort out the off-field stuff and just focus on on-field for the next, you know, five or six years. And then he, he could be an absolutely amazing player as well. But I think Collingwood still lose the game at selection. Mason Cox does not add value to the Collingwood team. Did he play? <laughs> he, he, he was non-existent, Piers. And, you know, Geelong don't have... Um, I mean, they've got Jack Henry. He sort of, sort of you know, he probably takes your, your, your bigger forward there, Piers. But he was non-existent. I mean, yeah, those little blokes from Collingwood absolutely ripped him up. He was in, non-existent. In a final, with that much pressure coming in, you're not going to get the little, oh, I've got five metres on my opponent and I'm going to mark it. He, he is not going to get that. I don't care how tall he is. I don't care how many hitouts he gets. He has no influence on the game. He's he's played one good game, which is the prelim final against Richmond in 2018 when they kicked him out, when six, he actually took contested marks. Six disposals, two marks from your forward. It's two not marks. happening. You're not happening. forward. It, it shouldn't like, happen. If he doesn't get dropped this week, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised. And if he plays, I'm actually happy he plays because I'd love Fremantle to knock Collingwood out. That'd be good, Pez. Uh, we speak about some of the other superstars in the Geelong win, Pez. Jeremy Cameron, uh, where he is worth every bit of Geelong that he owns uh, back down there, Pez. And Tommy Atkins, what a fourth quarter, Pez. I think he had 13 disposals in that and four or five clearances. He's really stamped himself as one of the most improved players in the game, Pez. And a little bloke, you know, that people didn't know a lot about. And Geelong would criticise a lot for not breeding these young guys through. He was ripping up our VFL for the last two or three years, Pez. And He's a tackling machine. Wow. Had nine tackles for the game, Pez. And, um, around the ball. Around the ball. He was just seemed to always be there. Once he gets a little bit cleaner, he's going to be a real superstar of the game, and Pez. But, but it's a great win for Geelong, um, getting over those prelim... Um, uh, not those prelimpers, but that qualifying final um, headaches because they have really was, struggled. They were one for the nine. They said that during the telecast. I was shocked. One out of nine mm-hmm. in the first week of finals. Yep. You've got to be kidding me. But Jerry, Jeremy Cameron, you said he's worth every single cent, square metre of land that he's got because he, he's the best thing to happen to Geelong uh, in your recruiting since Patrick Dangerfield and even better than Patrick Dangerfield because he's more important. He's a big-time player. He loves the big stage, and he will get the job done when it matters. And what's good about him, Pez, is that he's just sort of been allowed to, this season, 
um, just sort of left to his own devices. He wants to push up the field. He pushes up the field. And he becomes another elite midfielder. He gets the ball off the side. He becomes that lead up forward. You know, he, he becomes the diversion. He becomes the he, he's an around the player around the ball uh, player, and he, he's a lead at everything. Pez and that uh, that goal he kicks from that pocket Pez with the the Collingwood players and, and spectators chirping in his ear and just the little turnaround, a little bit of an ear, and you're like, wow. What a superstar of the game in front of 90,000 for that to be the, the answer after the Dugowie goal up the other end. Yeah, well, Dugowie kicks one from the other The, the other, other pocket, pocket does the same sort of thing. The old, Jeremy, hey, look at here. Jeremy Cameron does it there. That, uh, that's not, finals not, footy not, at its oh, best. 91,000 so people. And, so electric. Uh, you'd, you'd be upset if you're on the end of the losing team as a supporter walking away from the MCG. But uh, if you are a Collingwood You'd be supporter, a bunch of losers, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, but if you are a Collingwood supporter, you'd have to be... I know, I know it's hard to say because you lost, yeah, but you've got to be proud of your side. It's some interesting comments, uh, Pez, because, you know, the you know Craig McRae after the game, um, I understand what he was saying. He says that, you know, obviously when the, the, the siren goes and the boys go down lying on the floor acting, you know, disgruntled about the loss and, you know, that, you know, that, that's acting like losers and, and, you know, we play, you know, winners don't lie on the ground. Some odd comments and, and you know... I think it takes away a little bit from the effort there, but I like what he's saying is that it wasn't it wasn't a you know heroic effort. We we are meant to be there. We're meant to be there with the best, and a lot of people doubted us, and we took it to them, and we shouldn't be upset with it because we just missed out. But it wasn't a once in a lifetime thing. I understand what he's saying, not and a, I understand a, where he's coming from, but it's though. not a good look uh, for all your supporters and people. Are actually, saying on uh, Twitter, they're saying, "Oh, what would he know?" He what would he know about success? And someone's <laughs> like, oh, we won three flags at Brisbane, but yeah, there you go. But obviously, he does know something about being a successful club. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's an interesting mentality. I mean, for, for the the head head uh, lines to go out after, you know, our players were acting like losers. It's not a good headline, taken out of context, obviously. But yeah, a little play on words there. But obviously, he, he has the respect of the, the, you know, the, the playing group to be able to go out and call them out with that. But uh, they've just put their heart and souls on the line in front yeah. of 91,000. It's a natural... Reaction to go, oh shit, I've just given I think, everything. I think it was more fatigue for Like, exactly. you looked at the Geelong guys celebrating, they, they, were, they were stuffed as well. Everyone was knackered. I was standing in the stands and I was knackered. I felt, you know, physically fatigued because it's so tolling being in one of those games and I'm just watching, you know, sitting there a couple, drinking a couple of beers. Couldn't imagine. But, but th- th- those blokes running out there, you know, giving everything and it was a hard fought game. There was, you know, high, high intensity, high pressure. There was so much emotion in it, Pez. And I think it was literally fatigue, but. You know, it, it's good that those high standards are still set there, and uh, I don't think it was malice, but some interesting ways to summarise your performance. Interesting, interesting ways. But we get to the final elimination final here, which is it, which is the big one, and uh, it was over early source because the Bulldogs kicked the first six goals. They're up by forty-one points. Uh, turn the TV off. Go to bed. Uh, good night. See you later. Yeah, Fremantle Pez. Um, it, I I was uh, driving home from the, the the footy there, heading to the the next pub to watch this. And Pez had a good weekend at the pub, yeah. but, uh, but heading to the next pub to watch this, and I had it on my phone, and I'm like, oh god, maybe I won't go to the pub. I don't want to be, you know, I was drinking in Footscray, and I didn't want it to really uh, to sit around and watch this Pez. But uh, the Bulldogs got off to an absolute flyer. Marcus Bontempelli had one of the all time great top five quarters in AFL history, Pez. He was incredible in that first quarter. But at the same time, Pez, Fremantle could do no right. Right from their, their second game of Pez, they, you know, they, he had a, a mark right in front of goal and he blunders that, Pez. They, they missed, you know, open open shots at goal. They missed handballs. They, they, there was one stage they basically handballed it straight to Western Bulldogs bloke who went and kicked, I think it was their fourth goal. And 
they looked all over them pairs, and it looked like a really, really uh, disappointing end to uh, quite a good season for Fremantle. Yeah, and we spoke about the danger of this with Fremantle, getting the home final, but it, it being an elimination situation. They had a packed house over at SBS Stadium, and there was so many Fremantle fans in that crowd, and it was just silence. It was like, what the hell is going on? Is this is this really how we're going to send David Mundy out? And, that, and that's what I felt for, because I was sitting there going... I'm actually really tired after the first three finals and you know doing everything over the Thursday through to Saturday. I had a cat nap uh, Saturday afternoon before the before the first game, and I was like, you know what, I might be ready for bed here. If uh, if the Bulldogs kick another one, it, it might be done. And um, Mrs. is lay, laying in bed. We did make our way to bed in that second quarter, and goes, you know, if Fremantle kick two goals before the end of the quarter, we might be might be alright here. There was four minutes left, source, and I said. I'll be happy with just one goal and go in at 21 points down. They kicked two goals, went down at halftime, 15 points down. I was reinvigorated. I was ready to go for this second half. Yeah, they kicked 11 of the last 13 pairs. So they, they piled it on. Um, but you know the way that the AFL uh, right up online was that the, the Bulldogs conceded. And they really did. They did. There was an absolute switch, and it was led by Caleb Sarong, who was fantastic. And Jesus, this kid has a bright future, Piers. Built for football. You know, he was a lead around the ground. Um, had the second game, I had you know took you know a couple of nice grabs in there, set them up. And now they they say Amos, but I, I love calling him a miss. A miss is what I call him, and he, he did miss that goal. Hit the post. Uh, he was like about what fifteen meters out directly in front. They hadn't scored a goal yet, and it was. It was really bad uh, for him. He's been through some kidney uh, surgery earlier in the year and he's come back for his second game of AFL footy. Ended up kicking a couple of goals and a couple of really big goals uh, uh, with set shots. So he was able to come back and do it. Walters, you know, he's been written off at the start just of this year. Just one of his best games of the season. And, and he, just, he just comes out and, and pumps up the crowd and helps get them over the line. 13 points in the end and uh, you just got to... You just got to hope and you just got to wonder that Fremantle can come out and be competitive this week at the MCG. I think they will be competitive, Pez. I think that they have a, a quite a good blueprint to beat Collingwood. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but Pez, their, their defence was really good. They looked fan, that, that midfield, that young midfield of, you know, Brayshaw, Sarong, and then led from behind, Pez, uh, Luke Ryan. He's got back to his, you know, form from a couple of years ago. He's looking really good. Hayden um, Young. Oh, how good is the season? Back, is their back line is and where do they so find composed, these guys? So composed. Where do they find these guys? Uh, the back of the waffle pairs. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, back like, of the waffle. Hey, just uh, sit out for the rest yeah. of the season. We'll yeah. we'll pick you up at pick forty eight. Pick forty eight. Uh, yeah. The old West Coast. The old West Coast thing. We always joke about that. I don't think it's ever happened uh, since the the nineties pairs. But you know, you, you look all around the ground pairs, and everyone stood up in that second half for Fremantle. But pairs, you know, they had Tony Tony Liberatore was was out. And they really missed him. Pairs. They really risked the Liberatoros run through the middle. Um, Bontempelli, he went to sleep in that second half. He was nowhere to be found. The, the Bulldogs are in a bit of trouble going forward, Pez, because they've got, a, they've got a, a, an interesting conundrum with them with all that, that forward pressure. They've got a lot of tall forwards around, and there's reports of more of them coming across. They're in a bit of trouble there, Pez, and the, the forward line they've got at the moment isn't working because the moment you stop the Western Bulldogs from getting the football, they're in trouble. Yeah, they need to get the footy. You've got Aaron Norton as your centrepiece there. And that, that's what they're going to have for the next five seasons. Uh, I think Ugo Hagen, he had a shocker on the weekend. Uh, fumbly, drop marks. But I think he is the, the second forward there, or at least maybe even the third forward. I don't know how you bring back a, like a Josh Bruce and, and Aaron Norton together in the same team. I don't know how it's going to work. They need to have 
someone, and they're not going to get him, but someone like a Toby Green, and Bulldog supporters would hate saying that because they absolutely hate Toby Green, but someone like that who's a mid-sized forward who can take a mark on the lead, can take a contested mark if needed, but can play on the ground as well. You've got Cody Waitman who who does it. You've got, um, what's the West boy? Riley West. Riley West. He's not the answer. So I, I don't think he's the answer forward either. They need someone who is... Uh, special, like they, if they could pick up someone like a Tyson Stengel who became All Australian after a little bit of trouble. You, you know, they got Cody Waitman down there. Uh, I'm saying Cody Waitman's on on one side. They need someone else. They they can't just have Cody Waitman playing. Well, when for he takes a dive, he probably gets around the other side of the ground. Sorry, <laughs> he probably does. You, you're trying to get into the Bulldog supporters here, but um, yeah, Cody Waitman. There's a spot in there for him, but Libertore he he yeah, really he helps him out because he. He does go forward and kick goals as well, Source. He gets them, you know, out of the boundary throw-ins, out of the, the the ball ups 45 metres out, and he creates opportunities. And without him in that midfield, no good. The bond, the bond, you need him in the middle, but you also need him forward. Like, the Bulldogs' forward structure, it's, that's going not not too good. Their midfield, super, super strong. Their defence... Is it, is, it, is it strong and efficient, though, Pez? I had this discussion with, with someone over the weekend... They've got so many people playing the same role. They need more players to be able to to, to leapfrog into an offense. They've got so many people. They just overpossess the ball, and it goes round in circle until there's an opening. I think they would be better to to maybe you know like they're probably going to lose McRae, uh, Lockie Hunter. Are they going to lose? Or probably Lockie Hunter. Probably going to lose Lockie Hunter. But you know they need they need Bontempelli in there. They need Liberatore. They've got McRae on the wing. But they've got all these other guys in there that that. You know, that need their reps in there too, and it actually is a deficit to, to the Western Bulldogs. Well, this is the player they're going to lose. They're going to lose Josh Dunkley. Yep. And Josh Dunkley is one of their most important because he's a great midfielder, but he can take an overhead mark. He's not the mid-sized forward that they're after, but his overhead marking ability is great. But count him out. He's actually gone this season for yeah, sure. He's, yeah, going, he's, he's going somewhere else. He's not so. going to go to Essendon? <laughs> so they've got to find another solution there, and I don't know what they're going to do. They've got Alex Keith down forward, who's a solid uh, centerpiece down back. And I think they just need to find more down there. And I don't know how they're going to reinvigorate their list to be able to compete, not just make the top eight or fall into the top eight like they did this season, but to actually compete for the top four. I don't know how they're going to turn that around really, really quickly. Question for you, Pez. How is Beveridge not under more pressure? How are we not talking more about Beveridge? 2016. Got, but he played in the grand final last year, Pez. Everyone recognises the amount of talent on that list. I think that they're really undercoached, and I think that, you know, how he's not being more criticised for blowing a forty-point lead in a in a you know in a in a final and then losing by thirteen points. Um, I was discussing this with a, with a mate yesterday. We went for a walk, and he's walking his dog. And he's got his he's, you know bulldogs beanie on pairs. And we were discussing this pairs. Is it a liver beanie or a bulldogs beanie? Uh, just a bulldogs beanie. And uh, we were discussing about beverage and that. I had actually funny story. This guy was driving around. Yells out of his car And he's like He's like You're gonna lose that dog mate You're gonna lose that dog <laughs> We're like What? And we, 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 I had no idea what he was he's saying gonna lose the lead Yeah yep. And he goes Oh with your, <laughs> yeah. ma- your mate holding it Got no chance of holding the lead And it was Absolute best Pez This random bloke Yelling out of the car Walking around bloody Bandura And uh How good's that? So good Pez And he just sits there And he's like Yeah I can't I can't not knock that, but but the beverage thing, Pez. You know, it, was, it was actually just funny, but the beverage thing, Pez. I know that they're saying, and you and I agree that a premiership buys five years, but it, how, the the one that the year they won their premiership, they finished eighth. 
that list hasn't finished in the top four in the last five years and missed finals once. And probably should have missed finals apart from a Carlton collapse this season as well. Um, it, it must be his little moustache and goatee combo. Must be keeping the, the press off him. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's his shout at the bar, Pez, because for me, I think that they're going to stick with him too long and they're going to waste their window because they, they've got enough talent there to be able to win and they, they continually – they're getting more talent, Pez. They're getting more talent. Like Luke Darcy, like, you know, not Luke Darcy, sorry, uh, the Darcy boy, he Sam Darcy, he comes in like he needs yeah. the rep, reps. You've got Hugo Hagen needs he the needs reps. The, Timmy English, Aaron Norton. Luke Darcy, I just need to say – Please don't keep playing him in defence. Play him forward. But, but that's the problem, Pez. They've got such talent there. They're playing everyone out of position because they're holding on to, to stuff. Be efficient. Be 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 a um you know a, a Danny Ainge. Trade him away. Be the Toronto bloke. What's the the Toronto GM when they traded away? Uh, um, oh, they traded for Quiet Leonard. That Quiet Leonard. Cut your losses and go. You know what? Let's go for this properly. Let's trade away some of our key pieces and get shit we need. Because at the moment they've got 10 blokes playing the same position and playing everyone out of position and they're, and they're finishing eighth every year. Just for context for non-NBA fans, they traded DeMar DeRozan, who was a seven-year veteran at the club, who was, who was loved. The greatest at, Raptor of all time. Loved at Toronto, was one of the greatest Raptors. They traded him for a Kawhi Leonard contract, yeah. which was only for one season. Yeah, and, and, and they, they had him for the one season. They'd finished top of their conference, Toronto, for, for three or four years and gone out in straight sets, basically. And they're like, well, we're, we're, we're just sick of being mediocre and just here. We're going to go for it. And they did. And they got their championship. They won the championship with uh, Kawhi Leonard, as with we say. Bold and then move. He, and then he left straight yeah. after the championship. That's fine. They got it. Done. But Imagine but you did that in AFL. You're laughing. But I guess, you know, people are going to be like, oh, well, the Bulldogs, you know, they got their premiership. But yes, you got you, you fluked the premiership. Because let's be honest, they had their, their best month of football, as everyone says. They, the they got, they they got, got very lucky. In fact, they got it, Source. Right? Yeah, they got it. They've, they've got it. They've still got it. But you can't be okay with just the one. They, they, with, but they I made know, it last I know, year. Piers, but, but they were up 30 points in a grand final and they lose by 40. They then next year, they scrape into the finals on the back of someone losing by a point. Up by 41, lose by 13. Do you know what I mean? Like, something is wrong there that we that it's ludicrous that we're not analysing uh, deeper. Like, it's uh, it's ludicrous that we're not talking more about the Bulldogs. And they just go again. They're like, oh, well, they finish that. Well, they can do it from here. But, yeah, but, that's, again, that's but, again, but again, Pez, they're going to miss a really great window. And I know we're, we're going over time, oh, Pez. Well, but let's, let's worry about the Bulldogs next season, which I'm sure we... Well, we're not going to talk about them in the, in the best slip? Uh, we might maybe in the review. Nah, not the bed slip though, because they're not playing. Yeah, not the, <laughs> not the bed slip. You, you love that. But uh, let's get into this. And I love talking footy and we, we went over we week do, one. We, we went way, way over. But hey, <laughs> week two of footy. Two There's only two games. <laughs> let's see how long we can go for there. It's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. Just a lazy uh, 40 minutes in, Pez, three beers deep, and uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're probably onto the bet slip. But it was really good to talk footy, Pez, and four games, Pez. you got to talk it with such an electric final series. Hopefully we bought something a little bit different to what everyone else is talking about, Pez. But let's get into uh, the uh, the bet review, Pez, where we go back through uh, how successful we were. And I'm just going to gonna just move around, Pez. I'm just going to go around and stand behind you because you let everything go through to the keeper this week with a nice <laughs> little fucking donut. So every single one of yours hit and miss, Piss. I just want to make sure that you don't have any spillages to get through miss. to the keeper. What do you mean hit and You miss? did not even get close this week, Piss. Oh, I edged a few. Down did not edge any. And there was some great, 
great catches down at fifth slip down there. <laughs> <laughs> they were dropped every time, Pez. All out. Uh, if I was batting, they were, they were taken uh, with with the opposite hand diving. Yeah, you had no ground. idea what I was doing there, Pez, did you? You like that one? <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were actually coming to sit next to me on the, on the chair here. I just wanted uh, to see see the uh, the donut, Pez. What we talk about, obviously, uh, in this segment, Pez, is we, we go through the bets from last week and uh, we reflect because we are always accountable. We, we don't hide away and shy away from it, Pez. And uh, after a massive, massive season, not a great start for the finals. Well, not. And if you're looking at it in a, in a solo week... Not at all. And what what did I say last week? I was finals uh, are hard. Uh, finals are hard, but I'm pretty. I was pretty confident in what it was, and it was pretty much one bet for me. Source that cost me, and it was on the Thursday night as well because um, we will get into that anyway. So Brisbane, oh, what a shootout! Brisbane versus Richmond. We both had the under in this source. I'm pretty sure from from last week. Correct. I'd, I'd under 177. Even took the extra point. I had a, uh, I had a 178 and a half pairs. Yep. I still couldn't get it. Yep. And. Uh, Really confident with the two units on there and uh, just did not happen. It was also in my multi, which I'll talk about at the end, but it was a shootout at the end when it went over, uh, when, when I knew it was going over in the third quarter source. I didn't really care about my bet, uh, if we're being honest. I know we're trying to trying to make money here, but I just loved watching a, a good game of finals footy and I was glad Brisbane got up in the end to take that two-unit blow a little bit easier. Yeah, I had um, two two bets in this one, Pez. I had the under 178, as we spoke about, we lost, but I, I stupidly actually put that into my bet because I was super, super confident with about it. And, and Pez, that game's played 100 times. A shootout like that doesn't happen in finals. We saw that for the rest of the finals, so a little bit unlucky of a read there, Pez, but uh, you know you take the loss. I had Brisbane to win, which they did, and uh, the plus 13.5, Pez, the old uh, two uh, wins that you're pretty confident in, and the, uh, the old one rounded out there, Pez, with the 178. So a bonus bet for that one, which I've used this week. Yeah, Melbourne, Sydney come here, and this is where we were head-to-head. And the the part where I didn't like it is when Buddy took a dive and, and got a free kick uh, down the field and then went and took another dive, uh, over 100 kilo bloke, playing in the AFL for 13-plus years source, runs into his defender and falls over and tumbles. And they, they pay another free kick downfield, and it was like... I mean, it just shows you how, how bad a game that Buddy... And that's one thing that when Buddy is having a bad game... That's how frustrated he, he was. He gets so frustrated that he does this stupid shit. But like he... It wasn't stupid in the end. No, but it, was, but it wasn't, Pez. But it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, well, that that is... Uh, not a good it's, look. It's not, the, not a good look. It's not the right way to play footy. But Pez, as you said, it worked. And you know, one of the things that did work in that game, Pez, it was my multi. We did go head-to-head. I had the over 132.5. Sydney plus 36.5 alternate handicap. And then just the standard alternate handicap, Pez, plus 12.5. And, and I did last week very convincingly tell you that Sydney was going to win, if you remember that, Pez. I was a bit up and down. but uh, you, you had no <laughs> idea. This was the bet. You had no idea. And I was sitting there in the first quarter and I was going Melbourne have a good lead here she was like surely they're can't wait gonna, to get into source <laughs> surely they're not going to give away a lead like they did to Freeman earlier in the year like they did to um whoever else they did I don't know who else they lost to off the top of the head but I had under 192 where you had the other one so that got up plus 23 and a half got up because they lost by 22 and uh the 12 and a half didn't get up so I got a bonus bet from this game for my two units and started off uh four units down after two games speaking of his frustration pairs I also had uh one from the fans uh a good listener to ours just chucked us a, yes. a little bit of a message on bet 365 it was yeah. Derek yeah. yeah Derek he lied to me though he said he said I could get 40 bucks uh, he, he said 40 bucks I, now, could, I could only get 10 <laughs> you could only get 10 now, now Derek may have been able to get 40 um, I did have a look at that message after you'd already responded to him, Source, and I went on $1.15 he was to kick a goal, buddy, and they gave you two bucks. Two bucks. And I looked at that. it and I was like, you know what? 
big final, MCG. I don't, I don't know if Buddy's actually going to kick one. So I didn't take it. So I wasn't able to see how much they, they let me put on with it. But, but, but in terms of punting pairs, it's a great move. If you can get a dollar something that's a dollar fifteen, and, and you know him to kick a goal probably sits about a dollar fifteen. Probably sits a lot closer to a dollar one. But his finals performances haven't been great. He's playing on the best, you know, the best fullback in the in the game. You, you know, even with those sneaky free kicks, he had a couple of shots at goal. But uh, you know, two bucks, you got to take that. So I put ten on a pairs, no good. I'd love. I'd love for them to go. All right, he's a dollar fifteen to kick a goal. So what would be about five, 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 five twenty-five, yeah, five, yeah. five twenty not to kick a goal. Geez, that's good. Not to kick a goal. Exactly. I, I would have taken that as my cheeky during the week for yeah. Buddy not to kick a goal, but um, obviously they don't offer that because they don't want to lose money. No, they don't at all. Pairs talking about cheeky pairs, I was absolutely well off on mine pairs, but only uh, a hand, a fingernail pairs from getting a bonus bet because I had Stengel two plus goals. He only kicked one and uh, had the little uh, <sighs> the little arc, handle? little no the heart, the arc. He kicked it and it was touched oh, off. The it boot. was off a set shot, wasn't it? Set shot. Yep, I had Geelong plus seven and a half, and I had Geelong forty plus. But pairs, I wasn't even. I don't even care that I lost it, that game. It that wasn't one. even the arc though, because the field umpire called field umpire, but they the went boot. back through the arc. Yeah, they did. They, but they uh, put the snicko over there. They're going. Obviously, he's too far out because he got too close to the man on the mark, didn't he? Yeah, well, well played there, Pez. Uh, but I wasn't even that upset that it lost, Pez, because it was a cheeky, it was a finals, and, you know, I was treated to one of the best games of footy that I've ever been to uh, outside of a, you know, outside of an emotive Geelong Premiership win. That was amazing. There's, there's, a, there's a big call. And to beat Collingwood, oh, no, great. nothing better. Um, I had Geelong plus 19 and a half, under 165, which uh, <laughs> which got their source, the unders for every every other every other game. Every other game, close on your multi. Um Geelong minus sixteen and a half didn't happen. I was I was very very confident with the uh, minus sixteen and a half, but the play at the end, in hindsight, was the Geelong one to thirty nine. But I I didn't trust in uh, in the pies, and you had Geelong forty plus in yours. Yeah, so you should have definitely gone the one to thirty nine. The final game was the the Dockers and the the Dogs. I didn't have a bet in the game, but they were in my multi. Same here, Pez. I had um, no bet in that one, but my multi of just Geelong and Fremantle uh, with my bonus bet at 204. So doubled up that one, Pez. I should have put down the multi of all the four teams, Pez, because uh, last week I called them confidently. <laughs> you called them confidently. You know, my multi, very confident in my multi this week. It was paying $14.53 and uh, three out of four legs correct. Under 148 in the Frio game, under 161 in the Melbourne game. Under 164 in the Geelong game and under 177 in the Brisbane game, which ended up being 210 points. So uh, far off on that, but three out of four legs. And uh, it, it turns around if it if it goes the other way. But in punting source, you got to wear your losses and it's a, it's a donut for me. I got Wait, When was the last time you had a donut? Uh, like an actual do- – like I know we made a bet. Like didn't return anything. Like I'm bets. glad that you lent into the donut bet because that has been one of our you know, our, <laughs> our ideas for the show, but not the time to do it, Pez. This week I need you to be a bit more serious. Okay? <laughs> Last time I had a donut oh, <laughs> in a round of footy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a long time. It's a long time, but I bet 5.4 units on the four games and I returned a donut. So I lost 5.4 units. Donut for everyone else there means zero. It means he didn't get any tips right. They all went straight through to the keeper. All lost. I got 75, oh, what is it, three units back in bonus bets, which I'll use this week. Um, but year to date, 219.2 units staked, 296.16 units returned. So I went under 80 for the season source in the profit. I'm back down to 76.96 units profit. Call yourself Shit. a punter, Piers. That's disgusting. Let everyone down, sorry. Under 80. What a joke you are. And uh, 
we, we make laughs with that, Pez, because under 80 is incredible. <laughs> 70 is incredible. Pez, I'm sitting at 35 and a half, and that's pretty incredible that's for pretty units good. for a season. So I staked 5.8 for, for the week, returned 4.46. So I still w- went with a loss, Pez, of uh, 1.34. Oh, letting everyone down. Units. I did let everyone down, Pez. Stake for the year, 194, returned 230. Uh, as I said, a profit for 35, Pez. Together, we're up uh, 111 units for, <laughs> for, for the year in a season of football, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, I'll um I'll take that 111 units and uh, buy myself something wow. very 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 nice at the end of the footy season. There, uh, we do have three weeks to go. We've only got five games to go, source and a Brownlow Medal night. So Ooh, we will see medal. how we go. But let's get into week two of finals footy. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 meters out. I was with a mate and um. We'll get him, get him sort of ready to leave, and he, he said, um, "I think I'm going to whack ten on on Maxie. Do you want? Do you want some as well?" And I, I said, "Oh yes, yes, yes!" Three weeks, Pez, five games, and of course, the specials for week two of the finals. Sinner takes a special and goes bang. Yeah, only two games, but the specials are here. So AFL Finals at Sportsbet, three-plus league, same game multi. If it loses, 50 bucks back in bonus bets. It's the same thing over at Ladbrokes, and you can also include the $2 lines there. Neds have the 20-plus halftime payout, which we've said is pretty horrible. Uh, three-plus league, same game multi as well, and $2 lines. Bet365 have the footy multi-bet offer, but they've also got the 32-point-up special. Now, I've heard from uh, a fan again, a listener on Twitter, I didn't put it in last week in the specials, and I don't have it in the graphic again this week, but it is there, the 32 points up. You actually have to go into the game and you see it at the top. So they don't have it in their promo section, but they do have it there. So a bit poor by Bet365, but we've got our fans onto its source, which they'll they'll tell us where it's at. Tab have the three-plus league same-game multi. One league fails, you get a bonus bet back up to 50. Blue bet, 12 point at halftime, you get paid out. Points bet has the exact same thing with the picture of Shaquille O'Neal as well. If you are still eligible to bet on points bet, which we are not on Behind the Boundary podcast, but please take their money if you can. Uh, multi-bonus footy, multi-bet uh, bonus at Blue Bet, And they've also got a midfielder mayhem, they call it. And I have to put this in every week, Source, but I don't really like the Blue Bet ones. See if you like this one. Clayton Oliver and Lockie Neal to combine for 65-plus disposals. Don't like that at all, Pez. 65? 65 is a lot. They average between the two of them, uh, 32 and they could both 32. Get, so they like, could both get 32 and, and, and you and lose, lose that bet. It's Quick not a good there, bet. Good you just go... Um, both so especially when, when Melbourne have proven before that they can you know, tag um, Neil for a start. It's just not a good bet. And Oliver's been tagged as well. Now, Moneyball, you've actually been able to send me these because it's been a Thursday source, so I can't see the Moneyball specials. Why, but why can't you see them, Pez? You're banned. You're banned from, banned from Moneyball as well, which... Uh, was a little uncertain, sorry. I, I want to just send them, send Moneyball, sports well, bet. Our bet slip. <laughs> I want to send them a bet slip from last week and be like, hey, guys, you want to offer me anything and I'll I'll deposit some money. We'll see how we go. Uh, they've got head-to-head disposals. Viney versus McCluggage, $50 max stake, singles only, ties void. Absolutely love when you can get head to head. Ties void. Ties void is the big one source where it it puts it in the punter's advantage. So if you think you can get an advantage and you think Viney or McCluggage, you you put it on there. Two bucks, max bet at 50, you you got it there. Chris versus Mundy is the same thing. So you have a look at those two, you go from there. Now, first goal scorer in both of the games, Magpies and Dockers. 
you've got the first goal scorer bundle. So Majacek, Elliot, Lob, a miss to kick the first goal. And do you want them to kick the goal? <laughs> if they said they're going to miss. And if a miss or anyone else is a late ex- exclusion, Josh Dacos to come in as oh, the, sub, the as the sub, which is not good. Yeah, because you're losing a Fremantle player. But, <laughs> but he could be the sub. Uh, Demons and Lions. Pickett, Brown, Cameron or Danaher to kick the first goal. You'll notice that Bailey Fritch isn't in there. Well, that's unusual considering that's their main forward. Yep. So um, I don't like the first goal scorers, but I do like the uh, the other head-to-head ones, but I can't get on. So if, Who do you uh, like in them, Pez? Anyone else can. In, in both of them? Yeah. Um. In the tight contested game, McCluggage is going to have to if you have a huge one for Brisbane to win. I'm all over Brisbane this week, so I'm going to go McCluggage. And in the other one, Mundy versus Crisp, I'm going to have to go Jack Crisp for Collingwood to to beat David Mundy. Yeah, that's exactly who I have, and I've actually I've actually gone with McCluggage in my uh, bet slip. There's there's a little bit of a spoiler. Well, there you go. There's there's some of the bets there. You've got any um, your mates over there? A pickle bet? Nah. Didn't, couldn't get me out of this pickle, Pez. Now the sponsor that you... Donut bet, no. No, and uh, not with mint bet either, Pez. I actually didn't check them, actually. I probably should... Uh, well, dis- disappointing from... Oh, uh, well, they didn't... They didn't, bet, is it? They didn't uh, reach out to me, and I'm still waiting for the, the sponsorship, Pez. But we need some coin You can get, you can get uh, hot, pies, hot pies for two bucks. So if you think the, the, the Collingwood team can get it, you can get two bucks for, for Collingwood in the prelim final. To Make win. sure you go over to mint bet Collingwood to win. to win this week, two bucks? Yes, Pez. Easy, easy money, Maggie's to beat Frio this Saturday. How, what's the max bet? Says Saturday. Uh, it keeps <laughs> going off my screen. You, you have to, you have to tell me the max bet here because uh, you the can max make some money. Bet's possible. Uh, it doesn't say hundred. Oh, I don't want to put on it, but a uh, max bet fifty. There it is. Max bet fifty. All right. So punters out there, a little trick you can do if you've got it. What, what's it called? Mint bet. Mint bet. Sign up to mint bet. Go that. Put the fifty bucks on Collingwood to win at two bucks. Mm-hmm. So. If you if they win source, you get a hundred bucks. And if you like Freo, go somewhere else. Put fifty bucks on Freo as well. If Freo win, well, you could put twenty. You could put twenty five on Freo pairs, and you can walk away profitably either way. You can. You can put eight, a, eight, put eight, a do, eight dollar winner if Freo win, or fifty dollar winner if Collingwood win. You can. You can put a number on it. Yep, exactly right. So you can be profitable no matter what. There's going to be no draws because there is extra time in in finals as well. So there's absolutely no reason not to get some free money there. Yeah, free money, Pez, and we love that uh, that promotion. So get over to the good people at Mintbet and uh, make sure you jump in there. Drop the name Spicer in the chat, and they should give you some uh, some uh, bonus bets there, Pez. All right, let's get in. Great weekend of footy, Pez, because both games are in Melbourne. Two massive games at the MCD. We start things off Friday night, 7.50 start pairs. Melbourne taking on Brisbane. Hopefully it's not a repeat of what it was two weeks ago in uh, Melbourne absolutely thumping the Lions. $1.30 favourites are the Ds. 3.40 outsiders are Brisbane. Minus 20.5 is the line. Over-under pairs, 164.5. As we saw in the first week, a lot of the games went under. But not the lowest unders of the weekend, Pez. 149.5 is the other game. Just, just throw it there. Yeah, with Fremantle involved, yep. But Pez, let, let's get into this. So how do both of these teams win? Who do you think wins? We talked about the blueprint earlier with Melbourne, what it is to beat them. Are Brisbane, have Brisbane adjusted from two weeks ago when they got absolutely thumped? Yeah, you want to hope so because we do want, we don't want to go from week one of finals, which was absolutely fantastic footy. You don't want a big flog in here. And you don't want Melbourne to come out and win by 40-plus. You don't want Brisbane to come out and absolutely annihilate them. We want a good contest. So the way you're going to get that is you're going to get an even battle in the midfield. Uh, 
Melbourne's advantage is in the ruck. So you've got Max Gorn uh, against Brisbane. We've got McInerney out with an illness source. So Max Gorn in the ruck. Uh, where, where Brisbane can get an advantage is taking care of Melbourne's forwards because they don't have that key forward and you've got to go from there. We spoke about the blueprint to beat Melbourne. What do Brisbane have to do? They have to win the ball out of the middle. They don't even have to win the ball. They can get it off turnover. They have to get that ball inside the forward 50 and they have to get the ball to ground. All right, Joe Danaher, he, he may not take five contested marks and, and kick five goals, but if he can get the ball to ground and he can get players like Charlie Cameron and Zach Bailey around his feet, Lincoln McCarthy, source, they can pop up, they can kick a couple of goals, they can put Melbourne under pressure, get Melbourne fumbly, get Melbourne worried about the ball. Brisbane Lions could win this game. And that that's what they have to do, and that is the blueprint to beat them. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, and if you know the the tall forwards of Brisbane are actually going to to do that, if Chris Fagan is even going to mention this, it, they'd be stupid not to. They would have been watching film all season. But but I think Brisbane have a really good opportunity here. Well, I mean, I think that if you you've got to have any money on anyone to to beat Melbourne after uh, the well, a loss in the prelim and the qualifying final pairs. Your money has to be with Brisbane because they did ex- they did experience that absolute belting at home two weeks ago. So that would have been absolutely analysed to the to the town, knowing that straight away the next week that they're on that same draw as uh, as Melbourne were. So if they were to, to beat Richmond, that they would be facing either Melbourne or whatever. They would have gone through it, Pez, and they would have seen the way that Sydney has beaten them, and they would have seen that they would have seen exactly how. What's the matter? Oh, uh, had to. I'm. Just, oh, sorry. I thought I'm just intrigued thought, in your. Yeah. But yeah, they saying. would have had to see how that you know Sydney beat them. They would have seen that how Br- how Brisbane how Melbourne beat them. You know how that that long exposure. They're kicking it to May. Brisbane continually let themselves down there. There has to be adjustments there, and I think they've put themselves in a really good spot to be able to beat them. Can they do it? And that, that's the thing. Can they follow through with this? You know, they're, they're playing. They're playing a few hurdles, Pez. They're obviously playing the reigning premiers. They're coming off a lot of mental demons in not being able to win in Melbourne uh, for the last ten years, specifically at the at the G. Um, you know, they're they're without a ruckman. They're playing one of the best ruckmen in the league. It'd be really interesting. Um, you know, Melbourne, Melbourne have. Uh, an elite defense and you know they have a really solid defense uh, and most of it's just because it's deterring you know you know joe danaher you probably say gets locked out of the game because you say may probably goes to him that's i was going to ask you that question so that's great so can joe danaher stop being a selfish footballer and play for the team take Stephen may out of the game i mean I, th- I think that's what they have to do i think that in like joe danaher gets a lot of his goals out the back uh and i think what he has he to cheats. do is he, he has to he has to be a leading forward and he has to push up the ground pairs you know a couple of weeks ago he played um you know he had a couple of big shots from 50 meters out and that's what he's got to do he's got to lead forward and put Stephen may out of that contest and then he's let his little blokes you know let let um uh what's the little bloke's name uh, charlie cameron pick up some scraps he's had a rubbish final series of the last three or four years they'll need him to pick up the straps let you know cam Raynar, lincoln mccarthy let those little guys pick up those scraps and let some of the other forwards do the, the handy work as well as their midfield pairs i think they can get a couple of goals out of mccluggage i think Lockie neal can go forward we know he loves a ping i think that's how they, they beat melbourne they bypass that forward line they spread the ball they lead out to the pockets and they have they bring danaher and may out of that forward line Bring me out of the forward line, get the ball down to anyone else and get the ball to ground. Now, with the Cam Rayner comment, Cam Rayner's been playing forward a majority of his career. He has had time in the midfield and he has been pretty successful in some games. So I think you bring Cam Rayner out of the forward line, you put him into that, into the guts, into the centre clearances, and you put Zach Bailey 
down back into that forward line who he, you know, he runs forward and he works really hard and he gets that. But I need Bailey, Cameron, McCarthy on the ground, ready to pounce, ready to go, um, to go from there. We know Robinson's dropped. We know Matheson, the barometer, is not in the team anymore. <laughs> and we, we better go through the team. So there's only two games source. Matheson omitted, McInerney in the illness, Jackson Pryor omitted, and Mitch Robinson omitted. Noah Answorth comes in. Darcy Fort comes in, which is interesting because he he'll needs play, to do some ruck work against ruck Gorn. Work, yeah. And Cam Rayner comes in after that one-week suspension. Melbourne, no changes rather than uh, Joel Smith, who was the Medi-Sub last week, might be the Medi-Sub again this week. Yeah, I mean, it's very, the, the Fogarty inclusion is very interesting. You need the Ruckman there, Pez. But if he's going up against the best Ruckman, he's going to concede those losses anyway. Why not put, you know, who's the who's the other big bloke that they run in there? Um, what's the other big big bloke's name? Um, can't think. Who, who did the, the backup work for him last week? Not McCluggage. Um, McStay. McStay did it last week. So, you know, just run McStay in there again and run through that again you know, rather than have Fogarty in there. Gives him that extra midfield. Really Fort. 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 You know, but that's what I'm saying. So it's interesting. You said Fogarty. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Fogarty. Anyway, Fogarty can get fogged. All right. But but if for Melbourne to win pairs, what they need to do is they need to make adjustments too. They need to go back through that tape and realise what they're doing is just bombing it forward to, you know, forwards who aren't stand-up big mark forwards. Ben Brown's in horrible form up there, Pez. You know, you've got... You can't um, bomb it to Fritch. You can't bomb it to Fritch. He, he gets out the back. Cosy Pickett had an absolute shocker. You know, he he works in those situations where you do bomb it forward. But he needs to be on the ground. But scraps scraps don't happen, Pez, in finals like they do in the regular season. He's not going to get those easy scraps. You saw how hard it was for Joe Danaher to get that goal out the back, Pez. It's, There's no Wiedemann. No Wiedemann. He's, he's not back in the team. Do they bring back... Um, who's no the, Tom McDonald. Do they, well, there's talk about him coming back. Do they? Do they? they, they well, he hasn't been he named. Hasn't been named. He, does he come back as a as, as a, a late in? Malcolm's been playing forward. He's not a premiership player. He missed out last year, and he didn't offer him anything last year. Uh, last year, last week, like I I think Malcolm goes, and I think you got to bring back Wiedemann or McDonald, and I would bring back Wiedemann. As a, as a tall forward, Wiedemann before McDonald, Pez, but uh, Wiedemann, I don't know if he's available. Like you know, you're probably you're probably going McDonald because he had a pretty good week in the VFL last week, and he's running out of time if he's going to be um, you know a, a premiership player again. It's, uh, you sound like you're leaning towards Brisbane. I definitely think Brisbane can do it again. Uh, you heard my theory last week, Pez. On I'm not sold on Melbourne. I believe they have to be playing at their absolute best to be able to dominate. Excuse me to dominate, um, but and I, uh, after last week's small sample size pairs and showing how there is flaws in their game, and I don't believe that they're they're good enough to be able to adjust. I'm all over Brisbane pairs. I've got three bets in this game, all Brisbane dominated. I've got my multi. Uh, sorry, I've got a same leg. Three league same game multi. Lockie Neal to get twenty five. I think he is an absolute superstar in this one, Pez. He'll get twenty. He'll get twenty five, no problems. I have Brisbane plus forty and a half as my alternate line. And as I spoke before, Pez, one of the keys to winning is um, Brisbane staying away from that forward line. So I've gone with one of their midfielders. I've gone Hume Cluggage to get a goal. He had two last week. He had uh, a goal against Melbourne the week before. If he can get that run and they've got that game plan executing, they're going to have a few, fair few pings running out of the middle from that and avoid that. So I think he can get a goal. Got fifty on that pairs two ninety two. Even if you're wrong about Brisbane competing, 
if they, if they lose by six goals, you can still get that up. Yeah, so the, the McCluggage one at a dollar eighty is, um, I think, absolute uh, an absolute bargain considering he's kicked three in the last two weeks once against Melbourne, and the key to beating them is those midfield, those long goals. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll take that there. So that's one of your bets. That's one I've, of them. The, I've just, got two just, of them. Yep, sorry, go. I've got two, so I'll go through one. Uh, I've got one unit here staked on this three-leg same-game multi with Neds. I've got Brisbane plus 20.5 at the $2 line. Uh, It was 19.5 earlier in the week when I looked at it. So 20.5. I'll put the alternate handicap in, of course, plus 56.5, the first one that was $1.10 or more. And I've put the unders 165.5 because Brisbane, if, if you want to win, you're going to have to defend Melbourne. And I'm hoping for a Brisbane win, so... Uh, if, if they don't defend Melbourne, Melbourne are going to kick a high score and it's not going to go under anyway. So that's where, where I'm hoping there. It's $3.62. I'll put a unit on it and uh, I'll go from there. Uh, I like that, Pez. I, I, think the, I think the theory behind both of our bets makes sense and I think it's you know something that you can get behind. As you said, even if the, the result, our desired result doesn't happen, there's a good chance of both of them getting up. My, my second bet, Pez, is just the Neds bonus from last week. 50 on the $2 lines at plus 18.5 with Brisbane. Um, so I've got 50 with that one, Pez. And then I also, as mentioned... Pez, you went, went early in the week. I did. Uh, I went, uh, well, because my bonus bet was going to expire on the Tuesday because we did the podcast on Tuesday this week. Oh, shit. I know. <laughs> so, uh, and I also had, as, as mentioned, Pez, Viney versus McCluggage in the head-to-head. I've gone with McCluggage again, my man. So, And hopefully he, a goal get, in there as well. Hopefully a goal <laughs> in there, Pez. So I'm all over McCluggage and the Lions uh, to get started through our first game, Pez. S- second one. And I'll tell you, that one unit that I just staked, that's all I'm staking this week. That's it. The rest of bonus bets. <laughs> love it, Pez. And, love and it. in this bonus bet, Melbourne versus Brisbane. Seven bucks you can get here. Brisbane, wire to wire leader. Let's go. Is that your cheeky? No. But leader at quarter time. Leader at half time, leader at three quarter time. Win the game. Brisbane Lions, seven bucks. A little one unit bonus on that. That's juicy, Pez. Do you know you can get plus 20 and a half now, Pez? Wow. That's what I got. Wow. That's what I got. Wow. All right. Collingwood taking on Frio Pez in the second game. MCG Saturday night Pez. It's disappointing we have to wait all day Saturday to find out. Seven twenty-five though. Game start is that right? Yeah, love it. Oh, I like that time. Oh, yeah. It's about, a good time. Halfway through my first yeah. part, I'm gonna be on my third or fourth beer. What are you doing this week, Pez? I got a Saturday night off. Do you want to hit the pub? Saturday night. Oh. Saturday night. Fremantle Collingwood. See if, uh, Collingwood lose. Anyway, let's get. Just want to stay away from Collingwood. All right. Collingwood, $1.52 favourites start this game. Fremantle outsiders, two forty-eight minus ten and a half is the line. Over under one forty-nine and a half pairs. We spoke about finals being extremely low, and this one is really low, one forty-nine and a half pairs. Uh, really interesting. We spoke about Brisbane and Melbourne and the keys to winning this one. I think these two teams have the opportunity to really expose the other team. Fremantle, obviously, you know, Collingwood get a lot of like to get out the back. They like to to run that fast football. Um, Pez, we know that Fremantle are quite good defensively. They can get back there. Um, they can slow that ball down. But at the same time, it's its own deficit because Collingwood, their elite pressure, they force turnovers. And when Ooh. they force turnovers, they go. So it's a really interesting uh, game plan for both Pez and it's, it's going to be a great final, I think. I've never seen pressure like that from Collingwood until I watched last week's game. Uh, the teams here, big big injury. Huge. Taylor Adams is out. Really big. Uh, and, and you know what, Pez? A lot of people talked about him not being an important piece. He's he, gives, important he gives you 24-25 every week, and he, he was huge last week. And he, he didn't do anything massive, but... Takes the bumps, takes the bruises exactly in the middle. Right. He does all the grunt work. Let's, let's everyone else play on the outside a little bit. Um, Kruger, the Medi sub, but Trent Bianco comes in. He's, they're trying to hit the forward line there and, and trying to get a bit there. Mason Cox in. 
not out. So free that, money on Frio, 248, <laughs> jump on now. That could be good. Bailey Banfield was the Medi-Sub last week, didn't get on. Yeah, um, disappointing. But if I was the, if I was coaching staff or selection staff, I'd be putting him in as a bit of an X factor who can like play, play forward and kick some goals here. But uh, no changes otherwise there. Now, Sean Darcy is going to come up in the ruck against Mason Cox. And I think Sean Darcy can, ha- can have a day Huge out. Huge have. How, we've got to talk about how Collingwood can win. And we've got to talk about how Fremantle can win. And if Collingwood show uh, 80% of the pressure they showed last week, Fremantle aren't going to be able to move the ball like they want to move it down the other end. So uh, Collingwood would probably win the game. They need Mason Cox on the bench most of the time so they can <laughs> really kick it um, to some other forwards and, and really take advantage of that. So Check needs to have a big game. Dugowie needs to come out of the centre and needs to kick some goals. Pendlebury off the halfback and, and through the centre, you know, needs to uh, be really efficient with the footy like he always is. So uh, a few things need to go right for Collingwood there. But they're a dollar fifty favourite source. What needs to go right for Fremantle? They need to play the intercept game really, really well. They've got Luke Ryan, who plays the intercept game really well and needs to be really efficient. They've got Hayden Young, who took 11 marks last week and, and needs to continue to go. And that, that third bloke, uh, Brennan, Brennan Cox down there, who they really need to uh, you know, take those intercept marks and, and continue to go up forward. Uh, and then when they get the ball in that midfield, Brayshaw, Sarong, um, Frederick, out on the wing, when he gets the ball in some space, he, he's really, really quick source. They can get the ball into that forward line. Rory Lobb probably, probably has to kick pretty efficiently and kick pretty straight for them to win. But uh, I like their chances if they can get that intercept game going from the defence. It's not only the intercept game, it's how they handle the pressure, Pez. Like, if Fremantle are going to win, they, they need to settle. They really need to settle and they need to control the pill and then just take their spots, pick their spots. And once they're out of defence, let the midfield look after themselves. We know that they've got scoring power down there, Pez, just like Fremantle do. And, uh, you know, Fremantle, sorry, uh, Collingwood's defence isn't as strong as Fremantle's, uh, but they need to get hit the score early. And I think that they, whilst they have come back from... Uh, nine first quarters this year, Pez. So, so nine times this year they've been down in the first quarter. You don't want to be down here. You can't be down against Collingwood because we know that they hold on to big games. We know that that crowd is going to be 90,000 and there's going to be 85,000, oh, uh, 85, Pez. 85 of them are going, 85, are going to be Collingwood. And once that, once that crowd takes hold of the game, you get an emotionally charged Collingwood, a young Collingwood with nothing to lose. And that's the big thing that makes Fremantle a little bit, um, you know, probably tiptoe around this game so they, they need to not give up an early lead settle early and control the game we saw that we've seen them win earlier in the year Fremantle they're a team that has beaten uh, um, good teams in Melbourne they've beaten Richmond they've beaten Collingwood once before uh, Collingwood once before earlier did they, I think the, no they didn't sorry they, they just lost to Collingwood uh, early in the year and they beat Melbourne so they know that they can do it at the G they know the ground their style of football suits it but they've got to execute they've got to settle and they've got to make sure they hit the scoreboard early to hit the scoreboard early, they can't be putting it inside Ford 50 like they did last week. No way. Blake Akers was dominating the game last week. He could not kick. He could not hit a target inside 50 to save himself. So that needs to change this week. Um, and my, my first bet there, you were talking about the 85,000 crowd. I've got a dollar fifteen for the Collingwood crowd to chant Collingwood in the first quarter. Dollar fifteen. Paying a dollar fifteen. That's terrible. <laughs> They're probably going to do it, even if they're Terrible losing. Terrible odds, Pez. Did you have, was that ringing in your ears last week? 
it was, and I sat there, and being firsthand hearing it that early, mum's like, mum was sitting there going, oh, shut up, shut up. And she was getting like, it's kind of it's breathtaking to hear because it really, it's, um, it sucks the life out of it, Pez. What's the, I don't even know what the word is. It's so like, um, so mor- not morbid, I don't know, that's not the right the word, but eerie, eerie is the right word. And you just hear it and it just it really sucks the life out. But dollar fifteen, that's terrible odds, Pez, because that's definitely going to happen. Uh, that'll happen in the, the Welcome to Country. That means it's good odds because no, it's, it's going to win. No, nah, terrible. You're not make, <laughs> no mate, we're a ten. All right, speaking of odds, no Pez, real bet what there. are your bets, Pez, uh, for the game? Uh, it sounds like you're you're sort of swaying towards Fremantle because of your hate for them, uh, but your, your theory makes a little bit of sense there. Yeah, uh, I've had to talk myself into it here. Like, I don't rate Collingwood as a top four side. They only lost to Geelong by six points. They probably should have won the game and had a home prelim final. So That's crazy to think. It's hard to think coming from 17th, but I just hope this Fremantle Docker side can put up a fight. Um, I, I'd really love Fremantle to win as, a, as an AFL footy supporter, uh, but if the, if the Pies do, they obviously deserve it and have the easier side of the draw having to travel to uh, Sydney to go over there to play in, in a prelim. And Fremantle would uh, really, you know, put their hand up as well to go and play up at Sydney. So stakes are high. David Mundy's last game. Uh, Fremantle's third biggest game in the history of their club. It, it, it's massive stakes here. Uh, the Collingwood fans, they're, they're not going to cope with a loss. And there's going to be a lot of violent crimes in Melbourne if, if Collingwood do lose this game. And 85,000 people are roaming the streets as Collingwood supporters after this. I've put a bonus bet, one unit, uh, Fremantle to lead at every quarter. How good is that? Paying five bucks. Is that your cheeky? No. No. <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I, I agree, Piers. I actually, I actually think uh, Fremantle win this game. I think that you, you talk, you're talking about a, um, a team that should have finished top four. They were a little bit um, a little bit rocky in the wrong stages. What I liked about them last week, Piers, is they don't give up. And, you know, what, what it is a little bit concerning that they've been down nine first quarters and still won games. But that, that shows that there's a lot of fight with them. There's a lot of belief. They don't give up. They trust in their structure. They trust in the game plan. And if you're going to beat Collingwood Pairs, you need to control the game because they work so hard on that sporadic football. And I think Fremantle is a perfect way to do it. I don't think the, the team gets out the back as much because I think they control the pill a little bit. I think they really suck the life out of the game. You know, I referenced that July, the Western Bulldogs versus GWS game that we saw the worst game of football a couple of weeks ago, you know, where the, the GWS just kicked the ball from back and forth till they had their run and they picked it. Fremantle are a lot better at doing that and they can execute it. I think they suck the, the life out of it early. They get that lead. I've got them a three-leg same-game multi. Caleb Sarong, 25 disposals. This this bloke's an absolute superstar, Pez. Body built for finals. I think he gets that. Fremantle to win is my toughest leg, and then Fremantle plus 43.5. That gives me odds of 368, two units on that one. Yeah, little little bonus insurance there, hoping that Fremantle can get it close. Uh, actually, maybe not even close. Maybe I think they win, Pez. I, I think they win. Maybe have a big win. That'd be f- absolutely fantastic. And uh, we, we go from there. A lot of people will disagree with us, but tell us at Behind the Bound. See, see what you've got. So many units. I know you're talking yourself into it, Pairs. I actually, I think this, if we look at the two games, I think offense versus defense, I think that Fremantle have the defense and the offense between Collingwood and Freo, they're about on par. And I think Fremantle take it. Oh, I hope you're right. Now, I'm going to get to my multi, which is my cheeky. Of course, of course. it is. has to be the cheeky. I see. Mine so, too. What, what's the button? Cheeky. Or just cheeky. That. Cheeky. Double, double cheeky that up. Uh, my multi is just a simple one. Two legs. Let's go the interstate multi, it's called. Go the Brisbane Lions to win. Fremantle to win. It's paying uh, $8.97. 
put a cheeky uh, one unit bonus on that? I love it, Pez. I've gone. Um, I've gone something a little bit different. Cheeky. I've gone the uh, the Pez hater uh, Victorian finals multi, uh, which is Brisbane <laughs> and Frio. And I've gone uh, power plated, and I've gone eight eighty nine Pez ten dollars on that one. Uh, so make sure you jump on that one. The Pez hating Melbourne teams winning finals uh, multi. You can get that a great sports bet odd that one. Uh, the sa- that's we had the worse, same multi. <laughs> that's worse odds than mine, but you got it earlier in the week, obviously. I actually just did it before. <laughs> okay. okay. We're, we're, what betting agency did you go? I went Ned's, but... I um, went sports bet. Obviously, my, the odds have gone down since I placed the bet, but if the two interstate clubs win this week, we're going to have a, a great great time on the pod next week. We are, best. Talking about the prelim finals, but who did Geelong play? Who will play Melbourne or uh, Brisbane. Who do you prefer to play as a Geelong supporter? Brisbane. Because they're away from home. Yep. Because they're in the MCG. Yep. Yep. You don't want to play Melbourne. Uh, They've given you a bit of trouble in the last couple of years. They have really given us a bit of trouble. I am more confident in Geelong than I have been in the last couple of years. But, I mean, you're picking the team that finished second versus the team that finished third. You're picking an away team versus a home team. Like, and Brisbane's the obvious chance, obvious choice. You take Brisbane more. Um, who, who does Sydney want to play, you think? Crickets. Shit. Yeah, I'm looking at both of the clubs. Oh, yeah. I think Makes Sydney is sitting in such a good, good position that they don't care. If they could choose, they, they may even toss a coin. Wow. Yeah, they're in a great spot, Sydney. Really good spot. And it's a great story. And they're a good team to watch too. You don't mind if, watching If Sydney. they can read the future and Craig McRae picks Mason Cox <laughs> in a prelim final, oh, then they'd pick Collingwood. Jeez, you're such a flog. <laughs> right, let's, let's wrap this up, Pez. It's been a long podcast. Uh, where, can it, where can our fans find our bets, Pez, and where can they uh, they get on and give us five stars and give us some comments? Well, we know at, at Behind the Bound on Twitter, everything is there. If you want to message us, like we've mentioned, the fans in, in the past the few weeks. have been great the last couple of weeks. It's been amazing seeing everything Not come through. Not the last couple of weeks. All year they've been great. Yeah. Fans have been great all year. Yeah, I don't know. Last couple of weeks, you get a little bit up and about, you know, for finals. But all year, yes, have been great. So th- thank you to the fans for sending in uh, messages every week. Uh, and Spotify. Spotify, iTunes, all good podcast providers. Jump on, give us five stars, but also leave, leave, leave a comment there. That's how the more comments we get, and even if it's uh, negative comments, give us the five star, give us the comments. It helps uh, us uh, um, go to the top of the rankings, help us be present when you type in AFL. We're a little bit uh, down the page there, Pez, but uh, with our bet slip, we should be at the top. Oh, I thought we... Jumped up there on um, we did. Apple we, Podcast. We are top hundred. We are top hundred we in we uh, that. But Pez, on the on the Apple iTunes one, we're a little bit far far down. If you typed in betting, uh, we're number one. But you got to type in AFL betting specifically. So let's try and get the top of our AFL betting by dropping five stars. Leave us a review. Send us all your bets on Twitter. Give us you know share the page. Do everything you can to support us, Pez, because it's pretty remarkable what we're doing. A hundred units for the year, Pez, in an AFL season, and there's still three weeks to go. Yeah, we're, we're ready 100, to go. Sorry, 111 units. I was 111, and if you want to, yeah, ride my coattails, you you can with my 76 out of that. I'll go on my own, pairs. 35 um, units, 35 units for a season. Putting Loving us, it. Putting us on the shoulders and going there, but uh, hey, in, enjoy the interstate clubs trying to take the chocolates this week. I'm Pez. Peace out. I'm still sauce. We'll catch up next time. And as always, if you're having a bet, bet responsibly.